we are out in the town of Zurich, a town of less than a thousand people. What is the official population of Zurich? Is there an official population? What's the number? Is it? I hear 900 thrown around sometimes. Anyway, we're not more than a thousand out here in Zurich. We're not exactly a prime center of influence. Now, some of you folks are from Exeter. Exeter is another, another step up in the world, but you guys are pretty ordinary too. <laughs> we are an ordinary bunch. There's nothing all that special about us. Now, your teachers, when you were a kid, they told you you were special, or at least any kids born after 1980, and they gave you a gold star and said, you're special. But they told every kid they were special, so nobody was special. But they didn't want to break the hard truth to you that you're actually quite ordinary. We are an ordinary bunch made up of educational assistants and truck drivers, mechanics, electricians, small business owners. We're just a normal bunch of people. Ordinary. The good news is, by being ordinary, we are in very good company. When we look at the, Christian, the Christmas story, there's a lot of different angles at which we can look at it, a lot of different themes that we can pick up on. One of the themes that I want to highlight this morning is the fact that this story involves exceedingly ordinary people. When you look at Mary and Joseph, along with all the other characters in the story, God could not have picked a more ordinary bunch of individuals. And we see in this story that God loves the ordinary. God breaks into the ordinary. God honors and validates the ordinary. And that's good news for us because we are pretty ordinary. I'm not going to read the text this morning. It was, that was really helpful, Merv, that you walk us through the exact texts that we're looking at this morning. So we've seen already the story of the the angel coming to Mary. We've seen already the story of the angel coming to Joseph and revealing God's will and their part in his plan. And we see in this story God unfolding, revealing, taking another big step into his story for the whole world. He's got this plan to bring a rescuer, to deliver us from sin, to deliver us from evil. And he's inviting Joseph and Mary, ordinary folks, to play a fairly prominent role in this story. Now, if I was God, I would have done this all quite differently. It's a good thing I'm not God, but to be honest, if, if I was told to write the story of a rescuer coming to deliver all of humanity, I would have done it quite differently. The church of Jesus was going to become this multinational, people of all tribes, all nations. This multinational group of people that were going to confess that Jesus is Lord and that Caesar is not. That was kind of the earliest creed of the early church. Jesus is Lord, Caesar is not. He's our king. His kingdom is ours. We are citizens. We are not citizens of the empire of Rome. So if I was going to write the story... I would have sent the rescuer into some prominent aristocratic family in Rome. I would have given him a massive platform. 
I would have put him in a place where people immediately would have taken note of what he said. He still could have been super loving, super wise. He still could have carried on this plan where he would lay down his life for the people, where he would die for the, die for the cause to forgive their sins. But I would have started off with him in a place of power and a place of influence, where right off the hop, his message could have spread far and wide. People would have seen his glory. They would have seen his radiance. But obviously, that's not the route that God chose. He took Mary, who was a teenager, engaged to be married. He took Joseph, a carpenter, who lived in the town of Nazareth. Records show that Nazareth was only a town of 400 people. So that's like, that's half the size of Zurich. What is it? That's maybe like Dashwood? Is Dashwood about 400 people? Why would you pick somebody from Dashwood to save the whole world? No offense to Dashwood. I live in St. Joseph. Who am I to? <laughs> Why would God pick somebody from Nazareth, a town of 400 people, to rescue the whole world? And in fact, obviously in Christian texts where it tells the story of Jesus, Nazareth is referred to often. But outside of Christian texts, there are only a few historical records that have been dug up that have any, re any reference to Nazareth at all. It kind of fell off the map. If Jesus wouldn't have come from Nazareth, this little hick town never would have been heard of again. Never would have been heard of beyond that century. These were ordinary people. There's zero indication that they were particularly special, particularly holy. I imagine that Mary dealt with the, the normal insecurities of any young woman. I imagine that Joseph struggled with, with pride and selfish ambition and, and quite likely the sexual temptations that young men generally deal with. These were normal, beautiful, broken people created by God, but nothing special about them. There's nothing in the text that suggests they were chosen because they were particularly holy, particularly special, particularly influential. And yet they were chosen by God to play this incredible role of being the parents of Jesus. The parents of God coming to earth in human form. So why did God choose them? It was grace. That's all we know. He chose them out of his grace. It was a gift that he gave them to play a role in his big story, not because they'd earned it. Not because he looked and said, well, you guys are especially great. It was a gift of grace. The angel appears to Mary and it says in the text, it says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Is there any indication for why Mary was highly favored? Nope. We see her faithfulness following the call, but there's nothing leading up to it suggesting that there was any particular reason why God chose her. Same thing with Joseph. No idea why God chose Joseph. It wasn't because they were influential. It wasn't because they were super wise or kind. God's grace 
His choosing of people, His presence in our lives is poured out in unexpected, unmerited ways. That's good news for us. God has chosen you. God has called you to take part in His story, not because you're special, not because you're particularly holy, not because you have any grand measure of influence. He has chosen you because of his grace. He chooses us, us from Zurich and Shipka and Brucefield and Blake. He chooses us by his grace to be a part of his story. Doesn't matter how unremarkable you are, each one of you gets to be a part of God's story. God's looking at you and he's saying, hey, I like you. I love you. Will you join with me? Will you walk with me? Will you take part in this big story that I'm unfolding of rescuing the world from sin and evil? And this is a gift of grace. This is a gift that is unexpected. Now, what's remarkable or unordinary about this story is the obedient faith that Joseph and Mary demonstrate. It's incredible how they respond. One might expect that Mary would have ran in fear and said, good heavens, there's no way I can do that. Surely there's someone else on earth who would be a way better mother to Jesus. Don't you think she'd have thought that? Like, couldn't there be some other lady who'd be a better mother to God in human form than me? I'm certain she thought that. There's no way she was sitting there being like, oh yeah, I'd be a good mother to Jesus. But she responded to the invitation with obedient faith. Surely Joseph, he had trepidation for his reputation. He could have said, no way, I'm not risking my reputation. I'm not risking the likelihood that people will refer to me as an adulterer, that people will whisper and gossip and talk behind my back. I'm not going to risk that. He could have walked away from Mary. They could have said, no thanks. The angel says to Mary, you will conceive. And that indicates that this was not something that had already happened. It was something that was going to happen following the invitation, following her response. God is a gentleman. God gives free will. I'm reading, I'm I'm kind of assuming some things into the text, but I fully believe that Joseph and Mary had the complete option to walk away and say, nope, someone else can do it. I'm, I'm not up to the task. They could have walked away. But how did they respond? These beautiful words from from Mary in Luke 138, she says, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then Joseph, it says, Matthew 124, it says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. These are incredible responses of obedient faith. To hear the invitation of God, his gift, his extension of grace, and say, all right, I'm going to join with you in the unfolding of this story. And so we think about this fact that God has also chosen us by 
his grace. It might not be as big and prominent. Well, I shouldn't say might not. It isn't. You don't have as big and prominent of a task as Mary and Joseph did. Followers of Jesus aren't going to be reading about us 100 years from now. They're not. It's not as big and prominent. But God still invites us to take part in this big story that he is unfolding. He wants to use you. The stuff that God's up to, he wants you to be a part of. He's saying, hey, I like you. I love you. Will you come walk with me? And oh yeah, if you're going to walk with me, we're not just going to chill out and take it easy. Like, I got some good stuff I want to do in the world. So if you're going to hang out with me, you're going to get caught up in that. I'm about extending my love. I'm about pouring out my truth. Showering the world with my goodness. So I love you. Come with me. But if you're going to come with me, you're going to have to be up to the things that I am up to. And so God is inviting you as ordinary people to join in his story. And often, I, you, we make excuses that Mary and Joseph could easily have made. Come on, God, surely there's someone who could do a better job than I could. I'm too sinful. I'm broken. I'm not wise enough. I don't know what to do. I don't know my Bible good enough. I'm not even sure people care that much about what I have to say. I'm too busy. Excuse after excuse after excuse. And Mary and Joseph could have made those excuses as well. But God chose you. Not because you're special. But because of his grace. He loves you. He wants to be with you. And when you're walking with God, he's going to say, all right, Will you join with me in unfolding the story of rescuing the world? And so we ask, what does it look like for us to respond with obedient faith in the same way that Mary and Joseph did? The good news is, when we say yes to God's marvelous plans, he will give us what we need for the task. He will fill us with the Holy Spirit. Mary did not have the capacity within herself to persevere on this journey in the way she was going to need to. Joseph did not have the strength within himself to ignore the gossip, the noise around him, and not let that affect his spirit. But it was the presence and the empowering of God's spirit within them that gave them what they needed to walk with faithfulness to his call. That's why the angel says to Mary in verse 35 of Luke 1, says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. It wasn't up to her to do it. She wasn't capable. God was going to give her what she needed. It was the Holy Spirit that would give them the wisdom they would need to raise Jesus it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know what that looked like, but it's interesting to think about what was it like to parent this little kid who is God in human form. Just sit, if you sit and think about that for 10 minutes, it'll, it just blows my mind. Max Lucado, I've read it here actually on a couple of occasions. Max Lucado has a story that he writes, and in it he makes, he makes some sort of reference to God at, the, at Mary's table spilling his milk. I think if Jesus was fully human, he he was growing and developing motor skills. I don't think he came out with perfect hand-eye coordination, came out of the womb, was just good to go with all this stuff. I'm sure he spilled his milk as a toddler. And I'm sure Mary wasn't the perfect mom. 
but I'm sure that the Holy Spirit empowered her and filled her and gave her what she needed to guide him on this path and this journey. Mary couldn't do it. She was too ordinary. Same with Joseph. But God could, and that's why he gave them the Holy Spirit. So what is God calling you to in these days? It starts with receiving his grace and his mercy and knowing he chooses you because he loves you. And so all of you are, I'm not good enough, so I can't, I can't, whatever. That doesn't cut it. God's picking you anyways because he really likes you. So it starts by receiving that grace. But then asking the question, how is God inviting me, like Mary and Joseph, to join with him in unfolding this big story that's going to bless the whole world? Perhaps you know of some way that God's inviting you into this story that you've been resisting. Maybe you have no idea because you're not asking God because you think you're not good enough. So either maybe you know and you're just resisting it. Maybe you have no idea because you haven't asked God because you think you're not good enough. Whatever the case, I think that this story confronts both of those possibilities. If you're resisting, God will give you everything you need. If you think you're not good enough, well, that's the whole point of it. God picks people who aren't good enough. I want you to believe that God can use you. And I say that with full confidence, looking at every single one of you in the room and imagining all of you folks watching online. I don't know everyone who's watching online, but I say that with full confidence that God wants to walk with you and use every single one of you to pour out his goodness into the world. So what could that look like? Kids. Maybe that means that you need to be open to the possibility that God is calling you to be a missionary. Someone who goes, is sent out to share good, God's good news in other parts of the world. And you think, well, I can't, I'm not. Maybe God's asking you. He'll give you what you need. Or maybe to be a pastor or a church leader. Or maybe for you kids, it's as simple as on Monday at school, you're going to see some kid getting bullied. And part of stepping into God's call on your life is to go over to that kid after the other kids are, are heckling them or being super mean, walking over and just being like, are you doing okay? And then striking up a conversation about what you did on the weekend. That could be a wonderful way of expressing God's goodness and truth and love in the world. And instead of saying, well, I, I can't, I don't. Being obedient to what God's calling you to and expecting the Holy Spirit, to give you what you need in that moment. Maybe for adults, maybe God's asking you to preach a sermon here someday. Maybe God's asking you to lead a Bible study. Maybe God's asking you to serve as a deacon to care for folks in and beyond our church family. Maybe it's that neighbor who moved in in the farm down a ways. They moved in three years ago and you still have never met them. Maybe obedience to God's call is stepping in your comfort zone, walk out and be like, hey, I'm so-and-so. Here's a plate of Christmas cookies. How are you doing? Maybe it's as simple as that. Maybe God's asking you this year to give 15% rather than the 10% of your income every year that you've settled into to support various mission causes. And you think, good heavens, I can't do that. If God's calling you to that, 
He will equip you and he will empower you. It's not because you're special. It's not because you're especially wealthy. It's because God loves you and has chosen you and wants you to join with him in pouring out his goodness into the world. These are just a few examples. And maybe they don't resonate with anybody, but I believe that every single person has something that God is calling them into just in the same way that it was super challenging for Mary and Joseph. Just in the same way that they had every right, I don't know if I want to say it that way, they, it would have been entirely expected for them to be like, no, I'm out, I can't do that. But they responded with obedient faith and trusted in God to fill them and empower them. I believe that God has a call, an invitation for every single person here. Whether you're six years old or you're 84, God is inviting you to participate with him in this wonderful story that he is unfolding. So I want you to look to Mary and Joseph as a wonderful example. A shining inspiration. They didn't do this because they were any better than you. Who's to say that God wouldn't have decided to send Jesus to Zurich in 2020? We're not all that different than Nazareth in the first century. We might be more similar to them than you might expect. Mary might be far more similar to you than you could ever imagine, or Joseph. In the same way that they responded to God, I want you to be inspired by their witness and to trust and believe that you have the same capacity to respond to God's call and to walk with him. So I invite you to receive God's call. I invite you to step out in obedient faith. And I invite you to allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and empower you. And let's see God's big story come more fully through us. Maybe this is what God is calling us to together in 2021, the year ahead. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for Mary and Joseph our sister and our brother and your big family. Thank you that they responded with faith. Thank you for this, this example that we have with them. Thank you for their faithfulness in raising you, Jesus, as you grew to be a man. We love you and we want to walk with you. And so we say together that we are open to your call. We're open to your will. Thank you for choosing us. And so we invite you to speak. And so I, I pray for each one of us, myself included, God, would you speak? Would you tell us, would you give inv indication of what you're inviting us into with you? And we're excited to see your truth, your beauty, your love, your goodness poured out. So we love you. We want more of you in our lives. You're the King of Kings and also our friend. Guide us in the days to come, we pray. Amen. Thank you very much for being here today. We'll see some of you folks tonight at our Christmas worship. And a reminder that next Sunday, December the 20th, will kind of be our, our Christmas worship together, whether you're online or in person. That'll be the kind of main worship service. Um, and then there'll just be a Zoom for those who wish on Christmas Eve as well. So enjoy these next couple weeks, making the best of these unusual circumstances. God is with us and he is doing good stuff. Have a marvelous afternoon.